Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. We are about three months away from the federal election, a little less than that, but we're into August now. Seems like it's a, a, a rollover of the calendars. We're expecting to see things to start to ramp up. So are you excited? Are you excited? Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, every day now, as I say, you're going to start seeing news reports of speeches. You're already seeing some of those. You're soon going to start seeing political ads, probably around Labor Day, maybe a little bit tiny, a little bit after that. So you have a little bit of a uh, grace period before that onslaught. But anyway, the story here is that both the Liberals and Conservatives specifically say they are going to be running positive, upbeat campaigns, unlike their mean, nasty, mud-slinging opponent. See the irony of that? Just even in explaining what they're going to do and what their opponent is like? Just in saying that, they are slinging the mud. Yesterday at a campaign stop in Ottawa, Justin Trudeau declared he would rise above partisan attacks. He would rise above fear and division. There would be no mudslinging at his opponents. And then according to reports, he proceeded to give a speech that was almost exclusively attacks on Andrew Scheer and Doug Ford. Hmm. So the question is, despite all these rather laughable assurances, historically, if we use any precedent, laughable assurances, that Canada's election is going to be all rainbows and pixie dust and lollipops, how nasty is it really going to get, do we expect? Tim Powers is vice chairman of SUMA Strategies. Uh, He has served as an advisor to national party leaders and a federal campaign minister. Tim joins us now. Tim, how are you this morning? I am okay, Scott. I got to say, loved your intro on the Blue Jays fire sale. It reminds all of us who are living here in Ottawa of the fire sale they did to the Ottawa Senators. So let me just tell Blue Jays fans it wasn't ex- a successful model. So there, that's my sports commentary for you. Yeah, this morning. there is. Uh, there are people all over places looking at this right now, especially with you're right with Ottawa and with other teams going. Wait a second, Dude, does nobody ever learn anything from this? But. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. Everyone everyone knows how to do it better, right, Tim? Everybody knows how to build the better wheel. And and that leads us back to politics where everybody's going to be nicer than everybody else. But why, I think the real comparison, uh, Scott, which uh, you would approve, Tim, Tim, your line is breaking up. I haven't heard anything you've said. So we're going to call you right back and try again because we've just got a, a terrible connection. And I want to be able to hear what Tim says. But this is a, again, the irony of this situation was highlighted, and we'll get to Tim in a moment. The irony of this was highlighted yesterday. And, and the parties all do it. I mean, this is not just, but it was just happened to be yesterday that the Prime Minister, that Justin Trudeau, spoke glowingly about what a beacon of sunny ways and everything, as you've heard all this before, that he is going to be. And then, according to reporters who were there, who reported on this, the entire speech was nothing but a slam job. Back to Tim Powers. I think we hopefully have a better connection, Tim. Here, uh, you, you've seen enough of these election campaigns. Do you have a f- pretty good feeling about these things? I mean, how rough is this one going to get? It'll get rough. I mean, but it'll be PG, Scott, compared to what's happening in the U.S. And as I said there before the phone line died, maybe it was the Russians or the Chinese. Who knows? <laughs> Who killed my phone today? You know, got to watch for that, too, of course, in the election campaign. But um, compared to the U.S., and I think that's the comparison the leaders are trying to invoke. Look, this is going to be PG-13. 
But Justin Trudeau, as you uh, pointed out, um, saying uh, that Andrew Shear and Doug Ford and others really aren't the nicest people, is is sort of being mean. And Andrew Shear is going to say the same thing that Justin Trudeau and his band are entitled. Uh, I don't think we'll we we may get to the place, and we've seen little shades of this over the summer that uh, the, the Liberals have suggested that um, you know uh, conservative candidates are playing a little bit of footsie with racism and intolerance. I think that's where the nasty is going to be in this campaign around immigration. But I don't think it'll be as nasty as the American one. And politicians will delude themselves into believing they've set a higher tone for us all. I do love the irony or hypocrisy, depending which word you want to use, because yeah. when they when they do these things and talk about just how optimistic and how sunny and how virtuous they are, it always is saying, as opposed to my opponent, but we're not going to descend to the level of our horrible, evil, ridiculous, bad opponent. We're better than that. And by doing that, they're just doing exactly what they say they're not going to do. Well, let me let me give it to you in my Newfoundland parlance. So I would translate that into, that other guy is just a rotten scumbag, but damn it, I'm a nice fellow. <laughs> and even though he's a rotten scumbag, I'm not going to say anything about that rotten scumbag. But guess what? You just did. Exactly. Exactly. So when this election, by the time this election is over, October 21st, by the time this election is over, how many ads... Prediction time, Tim. How many ads will we see from either party, either major party, throw in the NDP if you want or the Greens if you like, that only, only mentions its party's leader's virtues or its party's virtues as opposed to mentioning a flaw or flaws of the other? I would say... Go ahead. No, I was going to say we call this the comeback of Hallmark cards, Scott. They'll all be sending Hallmark cards to Canadians about what wonderful people they are and how much they love them, but they may be a little critical of others. Where it will be interesting, I think, you know, you might see... Because the whole ad game, as you know, has changed, right? I think there'll be some tough ads on radio, which is good for your business and others in that business. Um, the social media sphere, I think, is going to be the nastiest because that's a lot of where the gaming is today, and it's easier to get to voters directly. So I'd be watching for the, uh, the, the mean and dirty stuff on social media. And, of course, some of it will be coming from third parties not directly affiliated with uh, with uh, with the various uh, mainstream outlets and um, the parties will condemn them but they probably won't call for them to be pulled down or anything like that and will they truly be independent third parties that have nothing to do with the parties or will it be a nudge nudge wink wink okay you guys go ahead and do that that's okay we just we just want to have plausible deniability here uh, they'll, they'll attempt plausible deniability, but I mean, links will be found because most often people who are doing third party advertising have political history because they need to know how campaigns work, right? Uh, you've seen that in Ontario. You've seen that across the country. Uh, you saw that before the federal campaign because, uh, we, we had, um, that, uh, Engage Canada, uh, that third party that was, uh, in league with Unifor and, uh, Unifor has been very vocal in support of the Liberal Party out condemning Andrew Scheer and bringing forward a lot of the Doug Ford comparison. Uh, that could be very effective for the Prime Minister. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the Prime Minister hasn't been saying that many nice things about his fellow First Minister, Premier Ford, uh, so he proves a useful foil here in this exercise. You know, all these parties and all the leaders who talk again about optimism and sharing a vision and all this, and, and we do inevitably get these attack ads and we get the negative stuff. Why is this 
so impossible to get away from. It's like it's crack cocaine to politicians that, you know, we try to get away. We try to get on the wagon and not be doing this, but inevitably everyone is always drawn back to it. Why is that? Because there's still lots of research that shows that, you know, hardcore differentiation of uh, yourself and your opponents can be effective. Um, and then there's just bad collective behavior, right? It's as if you're in the schoolyard. Well, Johnny's punching me in the face, so I'm going to kick him in the shin, and I'm going to, you know, uh, tackle him when he's not looking. It's a collective behavior, and it has a degree of working. I mean, look at the most controversial, arguably political story over the last few days, and that was the hell of blue Elizabeth May, the Green Party leader, got in for apparently engaging my friend and the self-styled Prince of Darkness, Warren Kinsella, right? Uh, because it was sort of an acknowledgement, at least when it initially came out, that the Greens were not supposed to be nasty. They're cuddly and lovable, like your neighborhood teddy bear uh, had hired a, a merchant of, of toughness uh, to come forward, and she had to let Kinsella go or the relationship ended, whatever it may have actually been. It was an acknowledgement that even parties like the Greens recognize that they need to um, have a, a tougher disposition. Uh, I mean, the last time we actually saw any real legitimate exercise where a politician tried to have a, a mature a tone, even-handed, that wasn't calculated, is that clip we saw over the past year when John McCain died of him calling out the voter at his town hall who questioned Barack Obama's ethnicity. I mean, that was legitimate and genuine. I don't suspect we'll see any of that in this campaign. So if this is the case, and if everybody knows this is the case, and I think everybody does, I don't think anyone listening right now who is a consumer of politics is confused by this or is going to be shocked when this happens and go, really, they said they were going to be nice. No one's expecting that. So why not, if you're the party, rather than pretending that you are a descendant of Mother Teresa and so pure, why not just come out and say, look, this is going to be rough. But candidate X, Mr. X, Mrs. X, they are a disaster. They are a complete horror show for this country. I'm going to be mean and nasty because I have to for the sake of you. Why not just come right out and explain it and say, yeah, it's going to be mean, but I have to do this. Uh, that would be too commonsensical and thoughtful. Um, and, and again, it doesn't create the contrast that the parties want, right? We are going to be besieged, as we have been for the last couple of weeks, with the upcoming American election. And we know just about every day the president is going to take to Twitter and say something so outrageous that no you know, Canadian politicians do look like Mother Teresa, not even Mother Teresa with brass knuckles when they criticize each other. And, and they're happy with that. They understand the broader environment in which which they live. So uh, coming forward and saying they're going to do it differently, I I think um, it's just not within their DNA because they believe there's a, you know, that comparison will get them off the hook when they do get a little mean and a little dirty. The guy, though, who does have to watch it because this is his his challenge is the prime minister. He can be, and yes, I mean it in a pejorative way, a bit preachy and a bit sanctimonious. And if he comes across too much like that this time around and at the same time there's a lot of bruising and uh, and scrapping going on it may have a little bit of a negative impact on him because as we've seen 
his personal brand has been challenged more, as you would expect, over the last uh, couple of years than it was going into the 2015 election, when he did look like a choir boy standing between Stephen Harper and uh, Tom Mulcair. They're gone. Andrew Shear just looks like he got out of the Boy Scouts meeting, and Jagmeet Singh is a new player on the uh, political stage, hardly well-known. So Trudeau's really got to be careful because he is going to set the tone. So it's a different set of circumstances this time. Am I wrong, though, Tim, that despite the fact that the public, when you have polls and when you do surveys and everything else, the public says, we hate this stuff, we hate this bare-knuckle fighting, we hate the mud, we... Deep down, clearly they must like it to some degree because this stuff works. If they didn't like it, it would never work. There's an acceptance of it. And I think there's a bit of a frustration with it because of what's happening in the U.S., but they're not about to yet punish voters for being exceedingly, or sorry, politicians for being exceedingly negative. But I do think we're at an era where where we are starting, and maybe this is what the Prime Minister and Andrew Scheer are trying to get at, people are getting a little bit more tired with it. They still expect it, that there is some hope uh, in some spheres that, hey, look, you know, you guys are all talking about climate change. I'm sick of hearing about how if I don't act, the planet's going to fall to pieces. If I do act, the economy's going to fall to pieces. Can we not have a mature conversation? I think there are certain places where the public is saying, you know what, politicians, uh, put on your adult uh, mature pants and let's have a conversation. But we're not quite fully there yet. Scott. But even the public, Tim, I mean, I, I, your point is well taken for sure, but even the public. We live in a time now where if someone disagrees with you politically, if they hold a different philosophy or a different view, there was a time when you would just, okay, that's fine. We agree to disagree. Now, someone disagrees with you politically. Someone votes for the wrong party in your mind. They're not just disagreeing with you. They're a bad person. Like we, We've got a much starker line in the sand in politics these days. Yeah, and social media has not helped that. Not at all. Not at all. A great example, I was on a television network the other night, and I was wearing a jacket made by Canada Goose. God forbid. Uh, I got off, and there were about three tweets about what an idiot I was, how stupid I was supporting an amoral, immoral company. How dare I do all of that? You know, uh, I think people have found the vehicle of social media media in its various manners and forms as an outlet for their rudeness and their crudeness. And uh, uh, so it, it reinforces the fact that, yeah, people can be mean when they want to be, and we're seeing more of that. And respectful disagreement seemingly is a harder thing, which is very unfortunate. Which goes right back to the beginning of where this thing started. And it, it, there may be a, a way that political parties in this campaign could really do the happy, upbeat ads, at least on TV and on radio and in the newspapers and online, and that's their face. And then underneath the social media stuff churning away, you can do all the dirty work you want right there. And again, we go back to plausible deniability. No, look, look, that all that stuff, that's not us. That's just whoever. But And you still get the same thing accomplished. And there's always sort of been that, right? So when social media wasn't as prevalent, you had what were called surrogates who would go out and, you know, punch the lights out of the other team. So uh, you'll remember, uh, you and I are of a certain age, the 1993 campaign when that ad came out 
depicting John, Jean Chrétien's face, mm-hmm. as the Conservatives put out, and Kim Campbell disavowed it, and Mr. Chrétien uh, cried crocodile tears about it, but there was a whole legion of people on both sides out legitimizing or delegitimizing it, right? They just did it through other people appearing on local media. They didn't have social media. They weren't able to share the image to the same degree. So it's, it's just changed the way um, nastiness manifests itself in campaigns, and it allows perhaps, as you say, to leaders to ha- create this, you know, false sense of uh, of separation between themselves and, oh, whatever happens on social media, that's not me. Tim Powers, Vice Chairman of Summa Strategies, always appreciate having you on. Thanks for doing this, Tim. Thanks, Scott. Uh, yeah, brace yourself. Once summer, well, in the next few weeks, once summer gets a little bit closer to the end, boy, it is probably going to be, you know, bare knuckles time whether you like it or not. And I know some of you do, but I know some of you don't as well. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.